We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of Pod Maverick After Dark. I am Kirk Henderson. You are joined, as always, by myself and my co-editor over at MavsMoneyBall.com, Josh Bow. Josh, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> we were just talking pre-show about being camera presentable, and I, I don't look at myself in the mirror a lot, but man, I'm looking a little werewolfy uh, right now. I think I need to to clean it up a bit, but I'm doing okay otherwise. I'm absolutely wearing the same shirt. <laughs> Look, man, we're we're deep we're deep in the throes of newborn chicanery. I, I, <laughs> you I, have a better have, you have a better excuse than me. I have no. I don't have. I don't have a good excuse. That I have clothes on is, is <laughs> right. uh, really. But this isn't the only Mavs podcast. Hey, yo, love you, Tim Cato. Um. So, guys, the Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Los Angeles Lakers in recency bias and what feels like potentially like a game of the year for these Mavericks, 127 to 125. Um, the Mavericks were missing. Who are we missing? Kyrie Irving, uh, Josh Green. Uh, who else? Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr. and Maxi Kleber. So that's four rotation guys. And- and then they lost Seth, I think, in the after Second sometime half. in the first half. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And the Mavericks sort of came out and really played. First of all, I don't even know where to start because you know Luca played a great game. Uh, Dante Exum played a great game. They must have really figured out that all you needed to do with Grant Williams is turn him off and turn him back on again, like he's a shitty computer. Because he just like he looked like how he did the first three weeks of the season. I'm I don't even know where to begin because. You know, with the one exception, and I don't, I'm not going to kick him. We don't have to discuss him too much. But the, the Mavericks really only lost the Jaden Hardy minutes, which were pretty atrocious. Otherwise, I, I feel like they really beat the hell out of the Lakers. I was thoroughly impressed tonight. Yeah, it was kind of weird because it ends up being a two point game, but I was watching it and I never felt like the never Mavericks were seriously in danger. 
Not one. Um, I mean, it was amazing. That and like that is not a new like that's a new feeling compared to last year. I mean, that's what happens when you make twenty one of forty three three point three pointers. It's uh, hard to lose an NBA game when you make twenty or more three pointers. Um, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, for sure. Game of the season, second night of a back to back after they basically had to play. Luca extensive minutes the night before to beat a really you know bad Memphis team but but it wasn't I'm not trying to say that like they shouldn't have played Luca a lot uh last night they had to because they had no one no one else played you know Grant and Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't play in addition to Kyrie and Josh so I mean Luca was literally the only person that could really do anything with the ball um so he had to play um and they won and I think everyone respectfully would have been like if Lucas sat out and they have just decided, you know what, you know, we, we we're going to play the odds on this one. I think it would have been understandable. Um, but obviously this is a new, new team and they have a new direction with Luca because I don't think he has purposely sit out a game with rest mm. yet. I can't remember when he did that like multiple times before Christmas last season. He's missed so, one game, I think, right? Where and that was the birth of legitimate, right? Yeah, birth yeah. of his child. So yeah. um this is absolutely, you know, our staffer Matthew and Slack was like, please say this on the podcast. And this is absolutely a game and situation if it was last season that they would have sat him out and they mm-hmm. would have lost. And he played and he didn't look particularly clean for the entire 43 minutes, although he was still he was still brilliant overall. You could definitely tell he was he was running out of gas a little bit in the fourth quarter, but I mean they don't win without him and and they really wanted this game. And you're gonna look back in two or three months uh, in the standings and you're gonna be like, wow, how do the Mavericks have like a half game lead over this team? And it's like, hey, they they won a game that they had no business winning. Um and those go a really long way for for morale, and they go a really long way to to kind of securing yourself in the standings. I think. Yeah, we we absolutely have to start with Luca. I'm glad you did because yeah. this was this this is a very stupid sentence. I've been thinking about it while you were talking. But if there were an and sort of an archetypal legendary Luca game, like if you were to point to the full Luca Doncic experience, it would be tonight's game. That was it was a good example of that. What I mean by that is not only do you get some really incredible shot making like where he left Luca or where he left LeBron in the dust on that spin move to hit a corner three or to hit that that wing three was oh, incredible yeah. the some some passing that kind of defies I think, explanation I think it was his best best passing game uh of the season well i mean shout out to like the, we're, <laughs> we're gonna talk to xm in a minute but it really helps when your teammates connect on these unbelievable passes you serve up for them but you know n- not only that you and, and i'm not kicking him here this is why i'm describing the full-on luca experience you get absolutely incessant ref bitching and for the most part being correct like when he got that bloody lip that was when i kind of figured this game might be over because it's just so bizarre to watch some of the calls. I know you're, I, we are not refs guys. <laughs> I tend to be a little bit more than you, but like the refing tonight, the free throws were in the Mavericks favor, but some of the calls that were made to keep the Lakers close were fucking bullshit. No other way. Like that, that technical foul by Tim Hardaway was garbage. The Austin Reeves got a, like ran over Tim Hardaway in, 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 um, basically at the three-point line to get a two-point shot. It was clearly a charge. I just – there were enough calls where I'm like, what are, what are we doing here? 
And and Luca was in everybody's face about it. He made the occasional absolutely amazing rebound, some really truly horrendous defense from time to time that made you just like cackle. Um, there was an unbelievable LeBron fast break spin move. Um, I want to say it was in the third quarter, or maybe the beginning of the fourth, where he went through like three dudes. And as he's going up the court, Luca's kind of sauntering next to him, watching it happen. I just, it, it was great. I, I loved it. I, I was yelling at the TV. And then when it comes down to crunch time, and I'm talking too much here, I'm sorry. No, no, when, go, go. When it comes down to crunch time, there was an orchestration of basketball that is just a reminder of why he is among the MVP candidates. He controlled that game. It never felt like anything the Lakers did mattered. And like, that's just the, you know, the, the sort of Thanos sense of inevitability was just unbelievable. I loved it. Yeah, the the cool, the calm, cool, collected measure uh, way he went about. I think he scored his last two buckets kind of in that floater range. And he just kind of, the Mavericks kind of spread the floor for him, gave him his isolation and made it to where it would have been hard for the Lakers to double because there wasn't really, if if the Lakers wanted to double him, they would have to be taking a player kind of running across the court to double him. They didn't use a screen. Um, so that made sure that the Lakers couldn't double him easily. And he just was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of in the office going, going to work. Like just kind of did a couple, you know, dribble moves, spin moves and, and kind of just twisted and turned and scored a one-on-one bucket. Uh, I don't know if it would be in the paint, but you know, those kind of little floaters he likes, uh, those like the six bounce to off eight the rim. ones. Oh yes. my God. Feels like he's automatic. Um, it was crazy. Yeah. I really liked the, you know. There's a lot to say about the Mavericks' offensive. Uh, uh, imagine, you know, how imaginative the Mavericks' offense can be at times. Um, there's definitely moments with Luca and without Luca where you're like, uh, "Can they run a play, please? <laughs> like, what's going on?" Um, so I will give them credit that I thought at the end of the game, while it wasn't necessarily like a play, um, the way that they kind of spread the floor for Luca at the end of the game making sure that there wasn't an easy way for the Lakers to double him by having a player standing right next to him at the wing. They kind of let him catch the ball near the top of the arc three-point line. Then they kind of had basically the other two guys were kind of closer to the corners or maybe they, I think Lively was short corner near the rim, two shooters in the corners. And then the other player, he wasn't like directly next to Luke on the wing, which is usually what happens. And that would make it easier for them to double him. So I thought that was pretty cool the way they kind of, they kind of spread the floor out for him to to isolate at the end of the game. It wasn't necessarily like a creative play, but it was just like smart decision-making process from both Luca and the coaching staff to be like, let's not F around with him getting doubled and maybe there's a turnover or you're, you're putting the ball in the hands of someone that, you know, maybe the Lakers want to have the ball in their hands. Let's let Luca keep it. Let's let him go to work one-on-one because we don't, you know, if he's not being guarded by LeBron or Anthony Davis, I don't think they were very much concerned with who was guarding him tonight and the Lakers did not put LeBron on him at the end of the game. So they went, they went one-on-one and and they closed it out. It, it, it was just such a really, it was a fun game. Yeah. The Mavericks were in control, but the Lakers kept coming back in various ways. And, you know, I, we, while we should sort of, we're going to talk about some of the other Mavericks that played truly like outlier games. It's not <laughs> like the Lakers didn't have some bizarre performances from themselves. Torian Prince hit five of six from three. 
Austin Reeves hits four of seven. If they miss one or two of those, this whole game feels different from kind of the kick around. There, there was a lot of like like Torian Prince hitting big shots at a big moment, and I wonder what the heck he shoots from three this season. It, I, I can't find. I'll it. give you Reeves. I know Reeves was struggling, but he's got enough. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, credibility as a shooter to that that that's fine. But yeah, the the Prince. Okay, I'm wrong. shooting. Well, the Prince, Prince, Prince okay? is shooting 45% from three on four attempts. So I'm, I'm <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so he's actually shooting. He did no 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 no. Oh, he's shooting. That... He's he's at 35, 35.8. What am I seeing here? Are you, look, are you looking at his regular field goal percentage? Yeah, I don't know. I'm at NBA.com. I hate NBA stat sites. Like it's it's whoever puts their stuff together sucks. Okay. Yeah, he's at 35, which is still like pretty good. But yeah, he hit like a like a sidestep you know, pump fake three late. And I was kind of like, whoa, like, uh, I mean, to be clear, Torian Prince is a guy we absolutely wanted the Mavericks to sign. So oh, yeah, he'd be very, just, yeah, uh, he'd be very useful. No, um, no. But yeah, the <laughs> Kirk, do you want to know the Lakers shot at the rim? What? Tonight? They, they shot 28 of 45 and I'm trying to figure out which number is more incredulous. Well, they missed. There was all sorts of they missed ones. a lot. The first quarter was really like three yards in a cloud of dust basketball, where <laughs> neither team could get much. At, you know, the, the Mavericks went ahead, and they finally started hitting a few shots late. But it was like 15 to 19 for like three minutes. And I remember Anthony Davis missing a couple of bunnies, and I really thought it was going to be a bad Anthony Davis game, but he ended up turning it around. The you know, there's some like it's just a lot of like. I, I, the Mavericks got some luck at the rim, just period. Like they're, you know, you don't shoot that badly at the rim. Um, but twenty eight makes is still a lot. Twenty eight makes is still a lot. And I felt like they missed a ton. So yeah, yeah. no, you're right. How many points that they had? Lakers had sixty two points in the paint, which is a lot. It was just funny. This was just a funny game because the Lakers were like. They're scoring layups at will, and every time I look at the scoreboard, Mavericks still have five, six point. Like it was just so funny that it was like the Lakers were engineering the best looking basketball, a layup, uh, and they were getting them whenever they wanted. And it's like, sorry, that doesn't matter because Dante Exum decided to make every single, you and know, Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway going, you know, that was what yeah. halftime was about from that. Um, Kind of felt like a bizarro TNT crew with, uh, you know, just different guys. Grant Williams, uh, Vince Carter. Um, can't remember the the one, the white guy's name in the middle, and Jamal Crawford. And they were, like, just very calm and casual. And at one point, one of the four of them says, you know, it's the simple fact is the, the three points is more than two. And the Mavericks mm-hmm. keep making these. And I was like, that's, yeah. That's what this game was. <laughs> that's kind they of made, it. They made six more three-pointers in a game they won by two. So sure. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, so we're going to take a minute here, and I'm going to ask you guys to consider liking the stream, uh, to consider subscribing to our show. Uh, We're sort of hitting a stride now, which is nice. More games means more content, which means Josh and I get more comfortable doing this, and we have more fun. So if you would subscribe to the Pod Maverick podcast, I would really appreciate that. When this video is done, if you will uh, go ahead and leave a comment, uh, any sort of comment will do. My favorite are the ones where people make fun of me um getting off jokes is is very important and i'm sorry if you're hearing my dog drink water in the background um beyond that we are still working on our podcast kerfuffle uh people have started to discover the alternate apple feed josh um i will Uh-oh. just say that dealing with apple support has been among the worst things in my life because like most things related to apple they work so well until they don't and then no one knows what's going on um <laughs> 
All right. So this was good. This was fun. Thank you for letting me shill for a moment. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who do we talk about and what do we talk about next? Dante Exum or Tim Hardaway? Uh let's let's go with Exum. I mean, he I mean, yeah, I mean Hardaway also was really good, but seven three pointers, um, 26 points. He's scored what 20 points multiple times this season, which I don't I have not looked this up, but I'm gonna assume he's never scored 20 points uh multiple times in one NBA season. I know he's played, you know handful you know pretty decent amount but uh i'm just gonna take a bet on that one that he's never done that one before he's such an interesting player because you you get the sense of you know and and i felt this way at least when the mavericks were trying to steal minutes with luca on the bench everybody gets a little tighter that's just natural particularly against a big good team like the lakers and i felt like his confidence was one of the things that kept the mavericks in it to a degree i think his I don't want to say he only plays at one speed, but the speed that he plays at is so aggressive at the rim and at at the paint where it, it feels so different from what Luca and Kyrie do. And I mentioned this last night as well. And I just don't know when teams are going to adjust to it because as I've been thinking about this, I got a message from one of my friends, Blake, who said, you know, Hey, it's the new Spencer Dinwiddie. And I didn't really agree with him, but I also think I misunderstood him until I was sort of talking right now where he's the third heat, you know, the, the, the third heat in the, in the GE convection oven where he brings a little bit of extra gas dog. Stop barking. Yeah. Sorry. Huck yeah. walking around barking. Yeah. I mean, that's why we feel like, I mean, we've, cause I mean, he's been good now for how many games in a row? Uh, about Maybe three or four, 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 four yeah. games. He's started the last four games. Now we've talked about him pretty much at every podcast. He's been either the first thing we talk about or the second, and it's the same thing where, I mean, this one's different because he made a bunch of threes, but in terms of like just a general overall impact on the game, like we've been screaming this forever. The Mavericks need players that aren't 6'2 that can chew bubblegum and walk at the same time besides Luka. It's, it's felt like Luka, they got Kyrie uh, and that's great, but Kyrie unfortunately is is 6'2". You need some of your six five, six six, six seven wings. Uh, you need at least one, preferably two, that can do stuff with the ball. That aren't just guys that are going to spot up in the corner or spot up in the wings and shoot. And if they don't have a shot, just kind of move the ball and hot potato it along. You need guys that with size that can attack closeouts that can confidently make 
the right read when when faced with help defense. Again, they don't need to be like playmakers. They don't need to be guys averaging six, five assists a game. They don't need to be, you know, your offensive hub. They don't need to be running a bunch of pick and rolls. They just need to be able to, when Luca is running his action and he gets met with pressure at the rim and he passes it to you, that you can attack that closeout and it's not just three or uh, move it along the perimeter because that's how an offense can get gum, uh, gummed up with Luca. Because if you just, if Luca's the only one that's doing the driving and kicking, eventually it's just going to ping pong ball right back to him. And now you got Luca with two, three seconds left on the shot clock, have to make, uh, you know, chicken S, uh, chicken salad out of chicken S. And that's not a recipe for success, no matter how good the aggregate of the Mavericks offense is, which is they, they're they still really good. It's just how do you take it to the next level? Uh, and, yeah, they just – he's 6'5", long, athletic, and can dribble and pass. It's yep. not not more complicated than that. Well, first, uh, your, cam- your camera died. So, oh, sorry, um, sorry. Replug that back in. And first, I do feel the need to, to address um, Richard Case, who says 6'5 isn't size, LOL. In the big picture of what the NBA, like what the Mavericks are dealing with, 6'5 is not size. You're correct. But 6'5 is still bigger than what they had been doing. I mean, like, I'm how many players? How many players 6'5 has been on the Maver- Mavericks roster that can dribble and pass like he has besides Luka Doncic? I mean, it's Spencer. Maybe do, 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 it. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's 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 incremental yeah. so yeah. i understand why you're like this just isn't he's not enough. the final salute he's not the no. final piece to the puzzle right because when you go you go helps. look at an aaron gordon who's six eight and can do all this stuff and is bigger <laughs> and stronger and better right, it's right, a, right, right. but you know how many guys like that are available this is right, why exactly. team building over a period of years is so important in the mavericks for the better part of luka Doncic, uh his tenure here the mavericks have been either a- attempting to assemble a super team or they are patching over their own mistakes. So it's we understand that, yes, they do need bigger. That we're not arguing whatsoever. We just are saying that they what we're seeing when they get incrementally bigger yeah. somehow has has great results. So it's I'm very, I'm very pleased with this. Um yep. Sorry. So go ahead, because we're back on camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I said, it's not like he he is not the the final. He's not the third starter that they that they're looking for next to Luke and Kyrie. But you can't fix everything in one summer. You can't fix everything in one trade deadline. Like you need to, like you said, incremental steps. You need stop gaps until you make the next move. I mean, they signed him for basically a minimum for two years. So he's doing. You know, I mean, obviously he's doing way more than anybody's being paid for. But like you just, they like last summer they did all. You know. They drafted Lively. They drafted Prosper. They trade, signed and traded for Grant Williams. Like all those things addressing the holes that they had from, from years of roster mismanagement. Like you can't be like, okay, oh, and we're just going to throw in, you know, a 6-7, you know, near all-star that can right. that can and kick and pass. Like you just can't do all – you can't fit all that in one summer. No, and there, so there's – You take the be- baby steps to get better, and Exum is that baby step stopgap until they find a player that's – has his skill set that's either a little bit bigger or is just a more overall talented. I mean, player. they're playing the Wolves Thursday. We're going to come in here and I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to tell everybody what we're going to talk about when the Wolves probably just beat the Mavericks like they stole something because it's their fourth game in seven nights. We're going to come in here and say, God, the Mavericks are small. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's just that because it's true. Yeah, the, the Mavericks are, are small. The so. wolf, and the wolves, it's the Mavericks are small, plus the wolves make 
normal sized teams look small. So, uh, so I want to talk about next. I think we need to talk about the the bravery of one Tim Hardaway Jr. (laughs) I mean, it's no, that's a good word. It's a little tongue in cheek, but it's, I feel like it's true because I mean, he was, he's missed the past two games with back issues, right? Yep. Back spasms. And you know, enlighten us because you know a thing or two about oh, hell i mean we're like if if you're above the age of 25 and taller than six foot you probably had some back issues in your life because none of us that grew up like dealt like had yoga or any of this shit and none of our running forms were corrected and so everybody run <laughs> it's so uh, everybody has back problems particularly if you sit in an office chair you know and so back spasms are not uncommon shit hurts and so for tim to just go out there and to repeatedly take body blows and land on the small of his back was really something. I mean, we make a lot of fun of Timmy because when he's bad, he makes you want to shoot him directly into the sun. But then there's tonight, and he's just like, fuck it, I'm Tim Hardaway. I'm going to shoot the ball. I've decided, by the way, just while I, I, this is on my mind, you know when Timmy goes hero mode? Timmy goes hero mode when he gets a rebound. That's the only time he goes here because he's like, ooh, he's like uh, one of my, uh, uh, he's like my son in YMCA basketball where he's like, oh, I have the ball. It's my turn to shoot now. Um, <laughs> that, that is, that's basically the gist. But I, Love Timmy tonight. I I would say that that he is at, he's up there with you know I really don't know who I would pick between him and Grant Williams and and um, Exum in terms of like co players of the game, but just a just a remarkable effort, really. Yeah, yeah, shooting was great. Uh, the charges, like you said, he took like I think the first one he took, he he was kind of on the floor for a little four, bit. Like four seconds. I thought was- I was kind of worried. I was like, because those spasms can flare oh, right back right. up, and I was like, is he done? Like uh, he might be done for the night if those spasms don't, you know, kick kick into high gear. Um, so you're right. You know, I mean, he, he can't on the play. floor like a second too. It was like he yeah. got on the floor and then he got ran over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I mean, bless Timmy. He still cannot play a lick of defense. Uh, but if he can't, hey, take charges. Like, I feel like he's almost made peace with, like, I am not a guy that can contribute to team defense in a traditional sense. So I am just going to let guys run over me uh, and hopefully that I can get some calls and that that'll count as my defensive presence. Uh, and honestly, considering you know how aloof he can be on the defensive end, you'll take it. You'll take it every. You'll take it every time you can get it. I never feel like there's a lack of effort. There's just a lack of knowing what the hell to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for sure, but yeah, 32 points. Almost. I, I didn't realize. He, I mean, Luca had 33. Didn't realize he was so close to being the leading scorer in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think he hit a. Did he hit a three in the second half? I feel like all five of his threes were in the first half. Um, which is when Probably. the Mavericks were really cruising and they had that 15 or so point lead. So he got to the line eight times, which is incredible. Yeah, that's a lot he, for him. He hit one, he hit a driving floating two past Jackson Hayes off the glass yep. that had me make a noise where it's like where he got the and one against Reeves, yes. I think, or something. Or no, against Hayes. Yeah. It was, it was Hayes who had a terrible game. Um yeah. and it was just it was truly remarkable. I mean Tim, his two-point percentage has steadily drowned since he's gotten older. And so to watch some of the rim attacks that he made tonight was amazing. I was very delighted. Steadily drowned since Carlisle left, by the way. Yes. Those coincide. Sure. Because Carlisle had him. He was only shooting shots that he should be shooting. Uh, I think when Kid kind of gave him a little bit more freedom, he definitely took some worse two-pointers. But, yeah, great game for him. And it's one of those games where it's like – you know, when we talk about trading him and not necessarily, you know, I don't think I'm against if the Mavericks can find a good deal to trade him. But whenever I say things like just be hesitant, like 
be careful what you wish for. Like he is still a crucial part of making this engine go. This is the kind of game I'm, you know, I'm talking about. Like they don't win this game without him. Uh, and if, can you imagine if they had him, uh, if they had DeAndre Ayton for this game and t- without Tim Hardaway Jr., like they probably lose. So yep. uh, it sounds nice on paper to trade him for for certain guys, and I and I get it. But if they do decide to move on from him, they I think that's why. I, I mean, it's twofold. I'm sure they haven't traded him because maybe the, the teams don't don't want him. But I almost have to wonder if the reason why it's taken, you know, they've, they haven't moved him yet is because they feel that pressure that like, he is not a trivial piece to move off the board. He's very important for what they want to do. It's very important to have a high volume three point shooter next to Luca. And I almost wonder if that's added to the hesitancy of, of trading him because like it or not, he is a very, very, very crucial uh, part of, of well, cause Curry team. as good as Curry is Curry's smaller and, Tim has the sort of athleticism to yeah. take really bad shots um, <laughs> that look like they're good shots where right. it'll be, you know, eight seconds left in the shot clock. Luca won't be able to get past somebody and he'll just pass to Tim who is like, Oh, okay. I'll shoot this. Yeah. And- his, his catch and fire, his, his quick release. Yeah. You're, you're, you're totally right. He is a better, I don't know. Like how, that's a big element it. because if you lose that element, possessions, you know, like like friend of the friend frenemy of the pod, Matt Moore, like basically described some he wrote out like three or four Mavs offensive possessions in a row that were awful, and then he finished it with the Mavs are fourth in the league in offense. And it's because of that, you know, partially because of the Timmy of it all, like the willingness to take the bad shot and then make it rather than drive and throw up a nasty brick with like four seconds left. It's taking a kind of ill-advised shot with six seconds left. And the Mavericks just do a lot with that over that time. And I'm really glad it works out. Um, God, we're going long, but that's great. So I, I think we have to pivot to the to the realistic man of the match for the Mavericks and, and Dante Exum. And why don't you go with him? Because you basically said what he needed to do last night and then he did it <laughs> i know that's so funny uh yeah so last we we talked about last night how it was like winter team's gonna stop guarding him and make him shoot three-pointers and it happened tonight and the lakers made him shoot nine three-pointers and he made seven of them in the mavericks win so uh i don't know if you can count on him making seven three-pointers consistently going forward well, he hit eight all year so no <laughs> no you can't. that's crazy that's crazy that's that's the craziest stat i've heard uh in a while that's I mean, he's so not gotten the minutes like this is i know i know too where it's like who he's playing with like just the simple catch and shoot it's another example of if you are a mediocre wing and 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 we don't know if you can shoot demand to play with luca because you're going to get shots that you get in an open gym right you're going to get practice quality jump shots and, and that's what it was for exum i mean they really played off him and what was nice was uh he was in the corner a lot. i mean i don't know how many threes he made let me check how many corner threes he made because i feel like he made a decent amount of corner threes. No, he only made two he made five above the break so uh never mind but hey two they were like is nice. they, were, they were practice shots because he did yeah. one and he did two that i remember where he faked driving he basically took a jab step on no one um and then <laughs> took the three yeah, and like I, you just gotta take those shots 
like it, it becomes a confidence issue. I really truly believe that NBA players are among, and I was telling this to the chat before you joined NBA players, when you watch them practice in an open gym, it is like watching a different set of, of a, a speed, a different species. There's just no other way around it. Like Eric Dampierre once beat Dirk in a shooting contest. Okay. Like that kind of wild stuff where I remember when I absolutely hated Dorian Finney Smith, we're talking like 2018 range at summer league. I watched him in practice, just drill eight threes in a row from a corner when I swear he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. So it's like you get some confidence in your game and it just changes everything. Derek Jones Jr. is just a, is a great example. Dante Exum is a great example. I'm really, this is great. Yeah. I mean, not really much else to say because he only took one other shot besides his nine three pointers. Um, it was, a a, it was, yeah, it was a layup he made. Um, but yeah, he only took one shot that wasn't a three. It was a layup, eight to 10 from the floor overall, seven to nine from three. What I liked was, you know, defensively, he was hit or miss a little bit. Uh, like, I mean, it's tough with the Lakers size. Like, He's not guarding. He's not going to stop LeBron. Um, and, you know, he's obviously – he can't guard Anthony Davis. Um, and then Rui Hachimura is another tough guard, although you – know, Really tough Rui, guard. Rui, Rui didn't really do much. Um, but, yeah, again, the Lakers just have a lot of big scoring forwards, and, and that, that can be a little tough for him. But still, like three assists, one turnover, steal, block, like just padding the stat sheet a little bit in ways that some of these other players just, just can't. Um and he didn't have to pass a lot tonight because, again, when he got the ball, he was mostly spot up. So we'll see what that looks like going forward. I wonder how teams are going to keep guarding him because, again, part of the reason he's been so successful is he's been manipulating that open space that Luca gives him. So the next step is going to be, okay, you're not going to hit seven three-pointers every night. Can he, instead of taking a three, you know, drive into that space and create something at the rim for his teammates, create a three-pointer for his teammates, or create, uh, you know, a more high-percentage two-point shot for himself. Because clearly he's not going to be taking nine threes every game. But also teams are going to keep leaving him open and daring him to shoot. So I think he's going to have to find a balance between, okay, I've got the three, I'm going to keep hitting it. Or, you know, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I've got the three, three ball tonight. Uh, I need to find a way. Uh, to kind of use this open space as a runway to get downhill and, and make some things happen. But that's one of the elements that I really like about him yeah. that he's doing that other guys that have played with the Mavericks haven't is if, if you're kind of a Luca critic, you say their offense is way too many guys standing there while Luca does his thing. One of the things I've liked about XM is his willingness to cut at the right time, because you've got to trust that the point guard will find you. And and that's where you know he had that what was it, eighteen assist game against um, the Thunder that he that they that they lost uh, the seventeen assists tonight. He's finding guys who are open. This offense can be more if the players are smart enough to know when they're supposed to go and when they're supposed to stay still. It's it's just it's 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 just nice. Like he he's got a knack for things that. You know, the Mavericks haven't had with with some of the players that they've had over the years, either due to skill set or IQ, basketball IQ, I mean. And so it's 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 been pleasing. I, I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, for sure. Do we want to talk? Uh I know we're going long, but we gotta probably hit up Grant Williams. Oh yeah, yeah. Good, good Grant Williams. Wait a welcome back. I, I think <laughs> there's something to our theory that he was tired. I really do. He looked fresh. He did look fresh. I mean, what 
that was kind of the dirty secret coming into this season that I don't think we talked about enough. I think we mentioned it a couple times. I think I mentioned it in my one of my po- preseason posts or when even a post maybe when they they acquired him, but he had started what like 40 like 50 something games in his 4 years in the NBA out of like two out of like 250 games like He's been a bench player. He never averaged more than 26 minutes a game, um, which was last season. Like he just jumped from you're not only are you playing against starters when you're used to playing against mostly backups for for a lot of your minutes, but we're also going to jump your minutes up to a career high. So like not only are your minutes at a career high, but they're also a higher leverage type of minute because instead of coming off the bench and guarding a backup four you know, hey, you need to guard Anthony Davis, you need to guard Nikola Jokic, you need to guard uh, LeBron, you need to guard, uh, I don't know who, whatever other scoring forwards they've they've played against this year. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not just the minutes, it's the role. Uh, And I really do believe there's a difference between starting games and coming off the bench in terms of like who you're playing against. So it felt kind of natural. I mean, like, it's like, I'm not trying to make excuses for him or anything like that, but it just like, it didn't surprise me um, that he maybe ran out of steam a little bit and yeah, came, came back tonight and, and looked absolutely great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty psyched about, about that. Um, something happened in my cert in our search headlines. I'm finishing, um, finishing editing something over at mavsmoneyball.com. Uh, do you want, do you have kind of any, any closing thoughts? Cause I have one thing I want to show everyone, but beyond that, um, beyond that, I think I might be done. <laughs> um, uh what else do we want to do i want to talk about uh i thought luke you know we talked about luca um i mean really it was those three guys those uh lively was good we, i yep. didn't mention live well, li- lively's uh uh unbelievable three blocks, two steals <laughs> four he was four of seven so i think his field goal percentage actually right, went dropped down. <laughs> uh, but you know he held his own against anthony davis for the most part I mean, man, Davis had 37 points on 21 shots. I mean, toward the end of the game, especially the second half, I mean, Davis was kind of scoring over and through him with ease, like in the third and fourth quarters. But yep. um, but still, when he he's, like I said, that kind of indispensable, like when he's off the floor, you felt it. Like in that third quarter, they closed the third with Luka off the floor and with Lively off the floor, and the Lakers took their first, you know, real lead going into the fourth. And you were just kind of like, okay, Lively and Luca have to play the whole fourth. And I think that's where we're at with Lively. Even when a player like Davis is getting the best of him, you just need him for that length, the four offensive rebounds. He's just able to get offensive rebounds that other players can't because of his size and his length. And also, like, he's finishing lobs. Like, I I respect a lot of, Dw- uh, of Dwight Powell, and I've talked for years about how great of a rim runner and finisher he is in the pick and roll and how he developed that skill, irregardless of Luca's arrival. Like he was elite at it, you know, the years before Luca. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. But man, there is just something to having a player figuring that part of it out, the skill part of it, while also being seven one with a seven eight wingspan and can and, a, and like a forty inch vertical or whatever it is. Like he caught a lob from Luca that, like, if it was to Dwight, it's a turnover, or Luca doesn't even attempt to throw it because he knows you know, Dwight can't reach it. Like it feels like he's opening up some more passing opportunities because Luca and some of these other guards are just like, Oh, well we can just throw it up even higher and he can go get it. 
even if this defender is all over me, it's okay. I'll just lob it, you know, however many feet in the air and Lively's going to catch it. I just, I feel like the players on the, the guards on this team are kind of getting that he's opening some things up that maybe weren't there before because he just has a physicality that can get the ball that other bigs on this team don't, don't possess. That's right. That's right. Okay, so I'm going to leave you on on this last thing. This okay. is, you know, for it for it being a um a, a audio and visual medium for people that are listening. I'll describe it once I show it. But there's a, a photo that that friend of the program Dalton Trigg posted that is simply simply outstanding. Can you see this, Josh? Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> uh, uh, <there> you go. <laughs> it's a photo that had to have been pulled from the AP wire, and it's Luka Doncic shooting on the left side of the page and Christian Wood standing in the background looking sad as shit. Uh, I, I don't want to kick Christian Wood when I'm down. Uh, it's not his fault that his agent is a big dork. Um, but he got a DMP tonight, LOL. Uh, just have to do that. All right, so here's the deal. Um, I have a second live show that's going to start here in about five or six minutes. Josh and I are going to close out. I'm going to post this to our podcast feed. And then I want you guys to join that other live show. If you guys have never participated in the other live show, it's one where you can join and give me your takes. Like we have, uh, we have Joe in the chat saying, Josh absolutely kills me and his credible, his credibility with his defense of Dwight Powell. If you want to come rip Dwight Powell, please come do that. Uh, if you want to, uh, talk about Jaden Hardy and his inability to be good at basketball. We can talk about that. If you want to talk about all the amazing things Josh and I just rehashed and go over it again, I want to do that as well. I really enjoy talking to you guys in the show. It's a little bit early, so maybe we can hang out for an hour. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out tonight. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We will. Josh will be back on Thursday. I am single uh, parenting for the next two days, and we're just gonna not even try. I'm not gonna. I'm not, my wife was not home, and I will be with the five week old and my other son. So I'm not. I'm not gonna try this. Uh, we're just gonna let Josh and someone from the staff cook. So thanks so much for for hanging out. We will be back uh, a little later in the week. Everybody, we appreciate your support. If you could go like and leave a comment when this thing is done, I would appreciate it. We will talk soon. Go Mavs. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.